If you need mustard for that corned beef you're making, get Colleen's Irish Mustard. Colleen's Irish Mustard unites mustard haters and mustard lovers from around the world. Currently, Colleen's Irish Mustard has three flavors in mild, regular, and spicy. For more information on Colleen's Irish Mustard, visit www.irishmustard.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the 100% Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Glinsky, and my partner, Nathan Sabo, is here to join us. How are you doing I'm today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good because Michigan is in the Sweet 16. Yay. <laughs> I know you're ecstatic because Michigan State did not make the tournament this year. I could care less. And... <laughs> Whatever. I mean, this, I mean... 2018, the uh, last time Michigan made the Final Four, I thought that was a crazy tournament because of, you know, having 11-seed Loyola Chicago make it to the Final Four, and that whole region was screwed up, especially with Virginia losing. And I believe that the the Elite Eight that year was number nine-seeded Kansas State and then 11-seeded Loyola Chicago. But this year, holy crap, we got upsets up the wazoo. You know, you had... MAC tournament champions Ohio knock off Virginia. We just had USC beat Kansas. We had Oregon beat Iowa. Then we had the upset of the year, Oral Roberts beat Ohio State, which I'm perfectly fine with. Let's just have Ohio State lose. Uh, then we had North Texas beat Purdue. And then we scroll down to the Midwest region, and we have Sister Jean pulling off another upset against Illinois. <laughs> Which that's also one of the upsets of the year or of the year because just because Illinois was projected by so many people to to win it all and the amount of smack talk Illinois was talking about this whole year. And then we have twelve seed Oregon State knocking off Oklahoma State and Tennessee. So they're in the Sweet Sixteen as well. And then eleven seed Syracuse is in the Sweet Sixteen, which to me that's not even a surprise because Bayheim always seems to get into the Sweet 16 or the second weekend with an 11 seed or a 10 seed. And then we had Albaline Christian knockoff number three seeded Texas. And you have now you have 11 seeded uh, UCLA beat BYU and Abilene Christian, and they're now in the Sweet 16. And after all these upsets, we have just three one seeds remaining. We have two two seeds remaining. And, yeah, that's that's just how crazy this tournament has been. Nathan, what are your well, thoughts on it? Well, it was a crazy first weekend, that's for sure. And, um, yeah, as far as brackets go, I could care less. I mean, I, I think everybody's got yeah, everybody I'm done. screwed My up. Yeah, done. <laughs> but uh, that Loyola-Chicago performance over Illinois on Sunday, I actually watched the whole thing. Uh, that was Same. that was a dominant performance. I mean, that, that Cameron Crutwig, I think that's his name, for Loyola. Yeah. Oh, my God. Must have. <laughs> I know everybody gives Sister Jean the credit, but that was a fun game to watch. And a lot of upsets, as per usual. But I'm going to bring this up, but I know you disagree with me. I 
I don't want this many upsets. It makes the tournament boring. I mean, I don't want to see a potential Loyola Oral Roberts Final Four. I mean, I'm sorry. I just don't think that's going to bring in the TV ratings. I don't want to see that. Yeah, it it will because of Sister Jean. Yeah, and it'll everyone, bring and in the average fan who knows, you know, not that much about basketball, which is fine, whatever. But, I mean, all, these upsets are great and all. It's great for a story, the first weekend or whatever. But when we start getting to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, I want to see the best teams play it out. I'm not saying I need to have number one versus number one, but I don't want to see a number eight versus a number 12 in the Elite Eight, possibly. That That's just... Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I, I just, I want, the tournament's been all right. It's been fine. I thought the first day was insane. Second day, yeah. But when there's so many upsets, it just starts to get, you know, boring in my mind. I don't want to watch Oral Roberts and Chicago in the final four. That's just, it just doesn't, you know, grab my attention. I don't know. Maybe I'm insane, but the end of the day it was a great first weekend i mean so many upsets like we said time and time again i mean the big 10 which we'll get to in a second it was an absolute joke except for not yeah i know i know i know okay we know michigan won congrats they don't get enough respect anyway but yeah great weekend i hope that the second weekend here kind of comes back down to the best teams again but who knows that maybe again that's just me someone that i would love to see in the final four is syracuse i love buddy Beheim. that kid is crazy with all the threes they do and all the threes that he makes and the shots that he's taking it's like curry out there when he was at davidson just shooting from the logo and hitting everything but back to the illinois game i watched that game and it to me it just never seemed like illinois could get a grasp no nope. the they clearly didn't loyal defense was so locked down and Brad Underwood did not make good adjustments. He made terrible adjustments. You have Io DeSumo and Trent Frazier, who are probably one of the quickest guards in the country, and all you're doing is feeding Kofi Coburn. You got – and Loyola kept doubling the post. I know. They kept and doing Kobe, the same thing over and over again, expecting it to work, which that that in any sport, you know if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and it doesn't work, you're insane. I mean, come on. that You got to make some adjustments. And when we talked to Michigan, I'll point something Juwan made. But, I mean, they just kept doubling the post and someone come weak side, strip the ball from from, uh, from Copern, and off, and off Loyola would go. And Loyola, their offense, they took zero stupid shots. They made great, they made high percentage shots, great decisions. And this Loyola-Chicago team, to me, is well-coached, well-disciplined. And Cameron Crutwig, the I think he's the lone player from that final four team who uh when he played Michigan he did not look like a true freshman and he he I, w- I was nervous for that game when they played Loyola Chicago for the way he was playing and then Michigan ultimately just wore him down which ultimately what happened in the LSU game but man Illinois Brad Underwood has got to do a much better job with making those adjustments in the game plan but and then another thing was Ohio State I watched the end of that game because all of a sudden it got my attention. A two seed is in a battle with a 15 seed. And Dwayne Washington, I thought to myself, because he's from Grand Rapids originally, I'm thinking, why, why, how did he get out of here? Why didn't it beeline Juan uh, Tom Izzo go after him? And then I saw him play this year, and I go, there's a reason why he got out of here. He plays hero ball. 
He just chucks up threes, and if he and if they go in, everyone thinks he's the best player. But when they don't go in, everyone's thinking, "Why? Why? What are you doing?" And Ohio State, which I like Chris Holtman, and which is tough to say because he's an Ohio State coach. But you've got to do something better with this. You can't let Dwayne Washington just continue to run around freely. You got to get you got to get other dudes involved. You got to get Liddell involved a little bit, which. I gotta hate the Ohio State fan base for how they treated EJ Liddell after the loss, but man, uh, that, that's big another ten... story for another day. I mean, that that's ridiculous. You see that too much now in sports. But Ohio State and Illinois, they made terrible adjustments. They really did, and then also didn't help Ohio State didn't make free throws down the stretch. But that that's what I thought of the big two of the two and one seed for Ohio State and Illinois, the Big Ten. Man, they just did not have a good weekend at all. Yeah, and. I can't argue with you. I mean, I, the, the Big Ten is a joke. It was embarrassing. I mean, you had two number one seeds, two number two seeds. I think Purdue was a four seed. And, yep. you know, come on, only one of them makes it to the second weekend? I mean, that's a joke. And like you said, in-game adjustments is what came down to it. I, I firmly believe that. And Jawan Howard is able to do that against LSU and Michigan. I, I know he pulled Hunter Dickinson late in the game. That was one thing I noticed. I mean, I think he had it was in foul trouble, but still to be pulling your best player, arguably with four minutes to go, and it worked defensively. So I don't know if that's what you're going to point out. I know you watched the game more intuitive and paid more attention to it, but man, I just uh, in game adjustments. I, I know it's harder to do at the college level because you know compared to the NBA, but if you can do it at a at a good level and you know keep it up and make those adjustments and get your players to buy in, that's how you make long turning runs and. Well, nobody really did that in the Big Ten this year. No, and I don't know if you watched the Iowa game, Oregon game at all, but I, Iowa just got ran out of the gym by Oregon. They just they just kept running past them. And, I, I mean, it also helps that Iowa isn't – the Big Ten is really not a team uh, – it's not a league where it's constant up and down running and constant pace. But, I mean, Michigan State has done that in the past where they're able to just keep on running. Michigan is certainly capable of that, and so is Illinois. But that's not that's not the nor- that's not the normal here in the Big Ten. It's just kind of let's just keep running through our offense, and then we'll. Get and you know what? And- I think that hurts the Big Ten year in and year out because they yep. play a different style of basketball compared to pretty much the rest of the country. And I think that's a reasonable reasonable reason that, that sounds horrible, but that's reasonable why every year almost you never see. I mean, what is there only one? national championship in the Big Ten last I don't know I, I don't even remember but it's 21 years was Michigan yeah. State 2000 that's the last yeah time. so it's I, I think that is one of the reasons why they can never be dominant their conference in the tourney it just seemed like a year I mean hell how about the Pac-12 man they're 5-0 and in the first round nobody saw that coming I mean it's insane so Probably because no one watches well, that too. I mean, let's be honest, it's on at midnight, and that's probably why Bill Walton's calling the games. But yeah, by the way, I love Bill Walton. All these people got to art. I think he's fun. I think he's good. He's on. I know he's high half the time doing his broadcast, and he or well, that and you know, goes off on these rants and everything. But who cares? He's on at midnight on a Pac 12 game that nobody wants to watch, so it makes the game entertaining. Sound like Dickie V, who's on the primetime game of the week, who's annoying. All right, I'm sorry. That was my little rant. <laughs> All good. But 
I mean, exactly. I was go- I was gonna get into the point of that hurting the Big Ten, but you already hit hit that home. And I agree 100%. I think that's the reason why the Big Ten struggles. And you can look through the last 21 years where Michigan's made the Final Four twice. Michigan State's made it how many times? I, I, I don't know the I, number, I but I know it's... I don't even know either. Shows you what a great fan I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ohio State, I know, has made it once since then. Indiana, I believe, has made it once. Illinois, I think, has made it once since then. Or maybe that was in the 90s. I don't quite remember. And Wisconsin's been there a few times. The Big Ten has gotten to the Final Four. They can get into those games, but ultimately they just they can't win a national championship. Yep. Which, to me, if I mean I'm fine if Michigan State or Ohio State loses because you know that's a rival. But like if someone like Rutgers were to win it or Northwestern, I'm perfectly fine with that because you know I want the Big Ten to succeed a little bit. See, but, uh, now I know we talked about this before, but I'm not the root for your conference guy. I usually don't give a rip. I, I just care about my team. But there is a level I, I where it's like that. you want the conference to be decent, at least. So I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously I want Michigan to win it, but I'm perfectly fine if Ohio State Michigan State lose first weekend all the time. I'm perfectly fine with that. Just like how you're fine with Michigan losing first weekend. But I'm but like I'd like the conference to show a little bit more than oh, what yeah, they did this week. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. Getting through the first round, the second round. Yeah, I agree with you. That That's – yeah, exactly. <laughs> But now what I want to talk about was, was the Michigan game against LSU, which great game, by the way, had a lot of offense, which LSU, their offense isn't isn't anything special. It's literally get it to Javante Smart or Cam Thomas, which Michigan, which Juwan made a very good adjustment on Cameron Thomas, which Javante Smith and Cameron Thomas both played 40 minutes, the, which just is the crazy. Damn you look game. At this, yeah, the whole the scoring is – Cameron Thomas, 30 points. Javante Smart, 27. The second, high, the third highest score is uh, Trendon Watford with 11. I mean, that it's and then there's a few guys with like two points. But Michigan made Juwan. There was one thing. There was two things that worried me about the Juwan Howard hire and losing John Beeline was Beeline made good in-game adjustments. Always, always seemed to have a good game plan, and they somehow always beat teams that they weren't supposed to beat. If, Three or four times a year, and player development. That was one thing that I that Beeline did a fantastic job with. But then I see what Michigan has done this year. Eli Brooks has been fantastic since Juwan has taken over. I mean, they said that his three point percentage shooting from when Juwan take took over was like sixteen percent better. And Eli Brooks is probably one of the most underrated players on this team, possibly in the Big Ten, possibly in the Big Ten as well. And Franz Wagner has definitely improved tremendously this year from, you know, not being much of a factor till the end of the last year now to being a first-round draft pick. Dickinson has been amazing as well. But the in-game adjustments, putting Sean D. Brown, who's coming off the bench on Cam Thomas, and after Cameron Thomas had his 21-point outburst in the beginning, only scored nine points in the second half. And now, now with you eliminating... Pretty much LSU's half of their offense, you're now getting you, – now LSU's starting to become one-dimensional, which it's now just Javante Smart driving and chucking up shots, which LSU did a poor job down the stretch. But, man, Michigan made some great adjustments. And then taking Mike Smith out of the game a little bit, just probably because he can't see over the defense because <laughs> he's so nice. Because he's so short and playing Shawnee Brown all those minutes. And Shawnee Brown was 
unbelievable. 21 points, and you had uh, Eli Brooks, if I can find how many I think he had over Brooks 20 had. as well. So he had, 20, he had 21 as well. Shawnee Brown and Eli Brooks both with 21. And, of course, and, they, and especially having Franz Wagner having a rough night until the end where he ended up, he ended up having with 15. But Franz had a rough night shooting the ball as well. But, man, Michigan made some good adjustments. And then, like you said earlier, taking off Dickinson towards the end with some foul trouble and just putting some other players in there. But, man, Michigan, I liked what I saw with Juwan in that game. But it also gives credit to Phil Martelli and his, and his assistant Oh, coaches. God, yes. He, Phil Martelli, I don't think it's, people don't realize, getting enough credit. I think, he, what did he coach St. John's for the longest time? And St. Joe's. God, geez, I get those mixed up. Sorry, John Joe. It's a common yep. white man name, all right? <laughs> we all have an Uncle Joe somewhere. Your dad happens to be mine. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I have an Uncle Joe. Actually, Uncle Joey, uh, that's probably his brother. Oh, yeah. Okay, great, Uncle. You know what? That counts. So, you know what? I got two Uncle Joes. Actually, I got, th- well, he well he would have been my, what's past great uncle? Great, great uncle? I would say so, yeah. Great, well, great uncle. he died a long time ago, but still, I would have had three Uncle Joes. Anyway, regardless of the fact that. <laughs> Going down the oh, yeah. Uh, no, great game by Michigan. I, I just think, you know, Jawan's been able to complete those in-game adjustments compared to other coaches he has. And I know you just said all that, so I won't go on any further. But, man, that FSU game, I, I wouldn't overlook it to Alabama. I, just This is just my prediction coming out of this. I don't know if they beat FSU. I think they do at the end of the day. But if Alabama makes it to the lead eight, I don't see them getting past Alabama. Nope. Don't count out UCLA, though. UCLA. Uh, yeah, I know. They've been on a run. Those two guys, uh, I, their names. The one guy's got a crazy Yac- name. Hawkes? Not Hawkes. The other dude. Oh, God. This uh, is horrible. I should have prepared. Oh, my God. Is it? Is it the point guard with the really yes, big hair? Yes, he's got a freaking awesome name. Oh, God. Uh, this is so bad on my part. Uh, there's also a Juzang. G- yes, Yuzang. Johnny Juzang. That's it. By the way, I know I said it 50 times, but awesome name. Those guys have been on fire for UCLA. Never mind the MSU game. Forget about that. So, yeah, I wouldn't count UCLA. I just think Alabama, man, their three-point shooting is insane. And I know, like you said, they could have an off night. Hell, anybody can have an off night. So, you never know. But I just think Alabama, man, they look tough. I, I, I honestly, as of now, I got Gonzaga one still by far. I mean, what their team does is insane. They could beat you anyway. Baylor behind them and Bama. I mean, I know that's not rocket science. It's one, one, two seeds, but still, just watching them throughout the weekend, man, it's I, I don't want to play Alabama right now. We'll just say that. See, to me, is why doesn't Alabama? Why does Alabama have to be good in basketball? Hey, man, it's they're a football and basketball school. How about that? I mean, Alabama did have Colin Sexton a few years ago who ended up being a top 10 pick. But and Michigan's a basketball school, so I wish some of you fans uh, would get that through your head. We've already discussed this. I mean, you look look at the past decade of Michigan basketball, and obviously that's credit to John Beeline as well. Yeah, I know. But I, want, I agree. But you, you don't argue with me. I'm just saying the average Michigan fan and the media, your basketball school, and there's nothing wrong with it. And Juwan keeping it going. If you look back since uh, 2012, I mean, three Big Ten regular season championships, two Final Fours, and two tournament hey, uh, man, two tournament championships. They're one of the elite teams in basketball. I'd seriously, hell, they made like you said, they made two national championships. 
They've been the how many Final Fours. They won how many Big Ten in the last 10 years. So I would put them up there with a UNC and a Duke and a Michigan State and a a Gonzaga because they've done that over the last 10 years. I just wish some of the Michigan fans would realize it's okay to be a basketball school. It doesn't always have to be about football. Your football program sucks, but your basketball program is amazing and great. So go follow it because you know what? They're damn good. To me, when you were talking about Duke and UNC, you honestly sounded like Vital there. For oh, God, I don't want to be compared to that 90-year-old You're tag. like, with the, with the UNCs, the Dukes, the oh, Michigan God, State, yeah, the way he I talks like, like this and that and that and that and goes on and on and on. I yeah, tell I, you what, they're when damn you the... I, when, when you're talking about that, I was like, hmm, this kind of, this kind of sounds familiar. Look, I love Dickie V. He like, sounds like a great guy, but, I mean, come on, man. got to... Can we retire, please? Same thing with Lee Corso on game day. Like, uh, he's he's he doesn't talk as much as he did anymore because of the stroke. But I don't mind Lee. Corso. I know, but I mean, at some point you gotta like, dude, you're old. You 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 don't have it anymore. It's not no offense, you know, no disrespect. It's just you know, but you but know, an old guy who also- still has it. NBA, Hubie Brown. Sorry, Hubie Brown, not Hubie Raff- Brown. I was gonna go Raffrey. I was going to go Rafferty. Rafferty, yeah, I like him. He's still got it. But Hubie Brown's like 85 years old, and this guy, he's still got it. I mean, just listening to the games is, you know, it's not rambling on about, you know, Michigan and the the Fab Five 30 years ago. I'm pretty sure Hubie Brown did games when the bad boys were still going. Probably. Probably. I mean, I think he's like 85 years old, and I think he signed a new contract too. 87. He's 87? Yeah, that's what it says right here. Born September 25th, 1933. Oh, my God. So he's going to be 88 this year. Hey, more power to him. I mean, he's still good, so why not? Yeah, I mean, but when when uh, Fox Sports Detroit was doing during quarantine last year, they were showing all the old games. And I recognized, like, is this Hubie Brown? He does the he does games nowadays when they're showing the bad boys. I was like, that's, that's actually pretty cool that he's doing all these games since the 80s. By the way, Fox now, Sports Detroit crazy. is no longer. And I don't know if you know that. but Oh, yeah, you were telling me that last Bally year. Bally Sports Detroit. So how about that? What is this? Bally Sports Detroit. B-A-L-L-Y. It's a casino out in Vegas. They, uh, You know how Disney practically owns half this country. Well, they were forced to sell off their sports network, so they didn't own every damn thing. So, yeah, so a casino bought them outright for the name. So we get some new music and new graphics. That's, that's cool. Are we uh, going to still have Matt Shepard and uh, K-Line? K-Line? No, not K-Line. <laughs> oh! Al K-Line died a couple uh, years ago or last year, Ryan. Come, I know you're not a big baseball uh, guy, but it's all, it's all great. That's exactly why I don't no, you're the, fine. I, I wish. Baseball. I mean, I, I can't stand. I'm sorry, Matt Shepard. It's just... We went from Mario and Rod to them, and it's like, man, why did you have to fight each other in the broadcast booth? Second deck. God, one of the greatest... Oh, God, I miss those days. But, I mean, we still have, who is it, Kessler and uh, Blaha? Oh, God, don't even get me started on them. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know my standards are high here, but when you're one of the best sports cities in America, we should have... Yeah, I'd say so. I think we should have a a little better ones. But we're going to head to a break, and we'll be back with more 110 Sports Podcasts right after this. 
Okay, everyone, we're back with more 100% Sports Podcast. And Nathan, today was the NBA trade deadline. And ESPN, NBA, I don't know who page, who pays uh, Woj, but, man, get this guy some overtime pay right now. This guy has been <laughs> probably going crazy for the last 24 hours, probably more like 12 hours because of all the trades. But, holy crap, so many trades went down, and I'm only going to give you the notable ones. And it all started – with the Detroit Pistons last night. DeLon Wright was traded to the Sacramento Kings for Corey Joseph and two second-round picks. Again, I don't think you're going to get much for DeLon Wright, but getting two second-round picks, which it, I, I think that's a fair trade for the Pistons. Yeah, I mean, I know second-round picks are not, you know, valuable. valuable per se in the NBA, but I think they are in the sense of, Two second-round picks, I mean, you could turn that around and flip it and use it, whatever you got to do to trade up, stuff like that. So, in a sense of that, two second-round picks for DeLon Wright, who, let's be honest, I don't think uh, many people even knew who he was. A lot of people knew who he yeah, was. Yeah, that's, that's a good trade. A lot of people knew who he was. He's been in the league for a long time. DeLon? Yeah, well, come on. How many Pistons fans knew DeLon Wright was on the team? He- he played starter minutes. A lot of people probably knew who he was. Okay, how many Pistons fans watches Pistons games right now? Probably not many, but the people... Well, there you go. The rest of my case. I'm going to be honest. I knew who he is, but I, I didn't know much about him. So, yep. There and we go. There's also the... Uh, speaking of picks, the, the Thunder made a trade that got them more picks. They have 34 picks in the next nine years. 17... Yay, yay. 17 <laughs> first-round picks, 17 oh second-round picks. Um, Don't know how that's possible. And You talk about tearing a thing down from, like, the inside out and, like, completely rebuilding. Like, that's not even rebuilding. That's, like, I don't even know if there's a word for it. It's, it's amazing. 17 first-round picks. Yeah. I mean... If they get this wrong, then my God. Sell the franchise. Yeah, they got um, – it was a three-team trade. Philadelphia is acquiring uh, OKC's guard George Hill for Tony Bradley and Terrence Ferguson and two future second-round picks. Austin Rivers Jeez. go to OKC as part of the three-way deal. Terrence Ferguson to New York. So I believe the Knicks, I think, gave up the picks. But it actually crazy is that a few weeks ago, the Pistons got a second-round pick out of OKC. For Svi uh, Mikhailuk, for uh, Hamadou Diallo in the uh, second round pick. Which, if you're able to get picks out of OKC right now, I think that's a job well done. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> they got a lot to trade, a lot of picks to work with. So, I think they don't have an issue. Yep, and then just some other notable ones, which I, this trade I find a little questionable, especially for the Bulls part, is that the Bulls suck as it is. They're, they're not good. And they're going to get Nikola Vucevic. Who, which I feel bad for this guy. He's probably one. He's a solid center. He could play for a playoff team, and he'd make that team a lot, a lot better. And he's going to the Bulls from the Magic. And the Bulls are giving away Wendell Carter, two first-round picks, and Otto Porter. What? Hey, did not hear about that trade? No, I'm. I'm going to be honest. I haven't been following much I, of I the NBA I don't all, much, at all. But day. I follow the trades. That's all I know. I didn't. I heard about something happened with the Bulls. I didn't look into it. I know you're going to mention it, so I kind of wanted my first reaction. But they gave up two first-round picks 
for Vucevic? Yeah, I mean, Vucevic is solid, but I'm not giving up two first-round picks. I, I understand, but, I mean, come on. The Bulls are nowhere near 19. Like, they're 19 oh and 24. See, oh, jeez. And, I mean, I don't. they did not clarify what year those picks will be. They could be protected picks, but I, still. I understand. I mean, I'm not giving up two first-round picks for a team that's rebuilding, which I'm very glad the Pistons are still hanging on to their picks. And another trade is that former Michigan State Spartan was in uh, was involved in is that the Nuggets are getting Aaron Gordon, which is good for their team, and they're sending Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a first-round pick, which I, I, don't, I don't see a problem with that. The Nuggets are trying to win. And you're getting Aaron Gordon, who, again, the Magic, we're just talking about getting, tearing things down. They just got three first-round picks in a matter of hours. Yeah, the Magic need to tear things down and tank. Again. Yeah, because, again, just like Detroit, who the hell wants to go in Orlando, sign with Orlando, when you can sign with Miami? So that's that's the way I look at it. So, yeah, they're going to, exactly, again tear it down again and tank and hopefully they can get a superstar in there. Just like we're hoping to get Kate Cunningham, even though he didn't look that great in the tournament. It's all good. It's only two games. Does not have to find the player. The Trailblazers are sending Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood for Norman Powell. And that's not the guard that everyone was expecting to come out of Toronto. It's expected to be Kyle Lowry, who was talked about for the 76ers, the Lakers, I know, were lurking around. Even the Brooklyn Nets were, lurk- were looking at them. Oh, like they need more people. And they're also looking at Norman Powell, too. But, uh, again, I think it's a good trade for the Blazers because, you know, you still have Dame Time and C.J. McCollum. So, I mean. Portland is so disappointing in that they have so much talent. And it's just like someone always get injured or it never works out right. And it's like. God, they could easily win the Western Conference and go to the finals. They just never are able to put it together, whether it's injuries or whatever. It's I know they made. I, I know they know. made the Western Conference final a few years ago, but it also sucks that they are in the West, which makes it a lot harder. Yeah, can we just agree that the Nets are winning the title? I mean, I mean, as long, if every if they're, I don't think that there's any chance the Lakers. As long beat as them. they're healthy, I think the Nets win it. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think that there's just so much. I mean. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Blake Irving. Griffin. Plus, plus, yeah, oh yeah, Blake makes a big difference. Dinwiddie. <laughs> hey, he may be, he may actually make a big difference in the locker room or a bench guy. I mean, let's be honest here. So, yeah, I, I think the Nets. I don't even think that's even questioned anymore. Yeah, and there was a trade, a trade rumor a few days ago about uh, the Kings wanting Sadiq Bay. They wanted, uh, they want, they're going to give up Marvin Bagley. Just this is just straight up Marvin Bagley for. Sadiq Bay, which I'm uh, no one's touching Sadiq Bay. No. You're not touching him. No, you're not getting him. He's one of the best rookies in that deal of the no. draft. I, I'd say, yeah, I, I no, you don't think he's a steal of the draft? Wait, what did you cut out there? I don't know what I you said. said. Steal of the draft. Oh, I thought you said steal. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, I'm dreaming. I thought you said steal of like the deadline, like the trade deadline. I'm like, he didn't get oh, traded. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I agree. That is definitely the steal. I was I was upset uh, when Sadiq. I was I mainly when Isaiah Stewart was drafted and Sadiq Bay because I wanted Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky, who he's been playing well this year. But I mean, Sadiq Bay, one he's been constantly Sadiq. What? 
Nothing. I was just saying Sadiq's name. Oh. <laughs> Sadiq, there, I he's constantly ranked in the top ten for in the power rankings for rookies. I keep seeing, you know, I get the occasional notification on Twitter from a Pistons fan or something saying, "Oh, Sadiq Bay a stud," which I mean he is. He's got, he's always up there with top ten at rookies, which is crazy to think about. When was the last time the Pistons had, you know, uh, a young promising player? I can't think. Of Andre Drummond. <laughs> oh, Andre Drummond, all he could do was dunk the basketball. <laughs> he just drop step dunk, and that's about it. He just. Yeah, I know. Imagine if they drafted him twenty years ago. Oh, that would be perfect and fit along with the going to work Pistons. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's a match made in heaven right there. Can you imagine watching that style of basketball now? Oh, that's how boring that must be. Yeah, speaking of uh, Fox, what I was talking about earlier, showing the old games now on what is it, Bailey, Detroit? Is that what? Valley, Detroit. Well, it's not it yet, but it will be. They, they were showing the the going to work Pistons. I'm like, this is so bad. I had a turn. <laughs> Final score, eighty to seventy or whatever crazy. I mean, stuff. if that's how you got to win a championship, by all means, do that. But still, that's though, so I mean, boring. My God. That was, it was bad. And... Uh, yeah, but hey, they got it done. It's all that matters. Yep, and I I wanted to talk about this trade mainly because it. Uh, featured a Michigan player is that uh, Washington, the Wizards were trading Troy Brown and Mo Wagner to Chicago for Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. I have no idea who half those players are, but I just want to mention it because Mo Wagner, former Michigan player, take, took him to the Final Four, which is uh, I'm going to miss not having any Wagner players on Michigan because both of them are studs. <laughs> I'm going to miss both of them. It's going to be a sad day. Sad yeah. day. And I also like pronouncing German people's names because it's Wagner. Funny. Yeah, it's not Wagner; it's Wagner. A lot of I thought it, I thought for the longest time uh, it was Wagner too because I had no idea. No, because I had no. no idea he was uh, at least Mo because I didn't follow like recruiting as much as I did now and following like who was coming in, I, who was coming in. I didn't follow Michigan basketball as it is now. I basically just watched the game and basically who was playing. I thought was the best player, and I had no idea who was on the bench. And then all of a sudden, just, they kept saying Wagner. Like, why are they saying Wagner? It's Wagner. But no. they're both studs. The W in German is pronounced with a V. I always know that. I don't know why. But, hey, guess what we get to say next? Mo Sider. I mean, that's a little, not as good as Wagner, but it's, you know. Oh, yeah. I, was, I had a brain fart there for a second. Mo Sider, who is this? And if the Wings would have gotten a top three pick last year but got screwed by the league, we could have been having Mo Sider and Tim Stutzel. That are they both defensemen? Or is Stut- no Stutzel's oh. a forward, but he's German. That's why I said. Oh, I thought they were both defensemen. I was like, dang, that's that'd be a pretty. I'd be cool to have two German defensemen, but I think Lucas Raymond isn't a bad pick. No, I mean I'm gonna be honest. I don't know. Uh, all I know is he's compared to Mitch Marner and Artemi Panarin, and if anybody knows hockey, you know that's a good thing. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I have no idea what you just said there. <laughs> I, that's what that's I mean, so we'll me. just move that's on. That's to me right there. <laughs> but I, I think – where do you think the Red Wings land this year? And where? Teams? Well, they're still – you know what? Let me look really quick at their standings because I know they won a couple games and lost, and – they're still obviously one of the worst teams by far in hockey. I mean, it's it's not even close. Okay, so right now they're the 29th worst team in hockey behind Anaheim and Buffalo. And 
Buffalo is by far going to be the worst. I mean, okay, they're they're the so, worst. So the wings, the wings can end up being second worst. All right. Okay. So you still got the second best odds, meaning the lowest you could pick is five. Right, highest you could to me, I want, highest you could pick is I want one. To interrupt you real quick. Go ahead. To me, when I look at the lotteries, the NBA and the NHL, the joke. I don't see the the team with the best <laughs> odds ever getting the number one pick. It's always like. The third team, the fourth team, like, do you yeah. kind of not want to be the the worst team to get the best odds? Because nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, doesn't seem like it happens. No, no, I understand that, and I've thought of that, but I still want to be the best with the or the worst with the best odds, even though the number one team never really gets it. But they need to really do, especially hockey. I mean, the fact that you're, I mean, the Wings last year were the worst team by far. It wasn't even close. I mean, their goal differential was like 130 or something crazy. Um, The fact that they picked fourth is a joke. I mean, they had an 18.5% chance at number one. Those odds need to go up. And I know that they're talking about redoing the lottery system over again. It always seems like it's getting redone. Something like if you pick in the top three, you can't for two or three years, which I'd be fine with. Just don't change it now. Change it in a couple of years <laughs> just for our sake. But to go back to your question, I think they'll, I think they'll have the second worst record going in. And why not? To keep following the pathway it's going, I think they'll drop and I think they'll pick three. Which, to be honest, I won't be pissed because this year there isn't that one standout guy. Yeah, you. I know you said that a few times on the show that next year. Which of course will be the year they win the draft lottery. It's it's next year's when the standout guys are there, correct? Yeah, and and I guarantee you, watch they'll win the lottery this year, get the first pick when there really isn't the one standout guy, and next year they'll drop to fourth again. I mean, it... we can't oh, have anything. God. We can't have anything in Detroit. Can't have anything. Just give me Cade Cunningham. Ooh, that would be that'd be nice. I wouldn't mind Jalen Suggs though. Or, yeah, Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I would. Get me one of those two. But that won't happen. No. We'll, you know, and then it'll be another year not watching Pistons. They'll basketball. probably somehow end up with, like, the sixth pick and have to – even though the Pistons, I think, are tied joint with uh, – I forgot what team. I know they're the, – I think they have the second worst record right now in the league. But they're tied with someone for the worst record. But I say, uh, I say just keep losing. Just keep losing because uh, – Oh, I'm down. Yeah, me too. I just let's just keep sucking to get the best pick. Yeah, two I things I look at for piston scores are uh, Sadiq Bay and or Sadiq Bay stat line in a loss. That's what I look for. Yeah, and the, you know what? Their losses they don't lose by like they're not getting blown out either, which is a good thing. It's a good sign, especially to have. But I I, I think Dwayne Casey's gone here in a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think he's going to be here long term. No, no way. Just like Jeff Blashill, please fire you. Get out of here. I don't need you here anymore. All right. I say we uh, move on to the fast five. Oh, by the way, before we do that, um, Dave Briquette, the Lions uh, beat writer, put out his mock draft today, and they're talking about him in the local radio stations. He, uh, he has the Lions taking Kyle Pitts at seven. Another tight end. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? Uh, I don't mind. I mean, it would also depend who's on the board at that specific time. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'd like Micah Parsons, especially he ran a four three nine forty today. And they need defense, I think, more than anything. But if Kyle Pitts is there and, say, Micah Parsons is off the board by then, 
by all means, take Kyle Pitts. I think he's a stud. I don't think he's just a tight end either. I think he's a, he can play both wide receiver and tight end, and might as well have a, a baby Megatron here in Detroit. You know what? If he – I tell you, man, I know I watched – I said it before. This guy's built like – I don't know what he's built like. He's There's no way he can play tight end consistently in the NFL. I mean, he's not built like that. And I think he ran a 4-4-1 or something That's crazy. Um, so, look, can we both agree, though, we both want them to trade down? Yes, but I feel like this won't happen. Yeah, I know. I don't. I'm. It's too good I'm to be true. Feeling like I'm feeling like they're not going to trade down. I mean, either, we already so. we already won the trade of Matt Stafford getting two first round picks and a third. Do you really think we're going to get two for two no. good trades? No. Not no. Either. Yeah, I know. I know. Not so, at all. I don't know. Just put that out there. Yep. All right. On to the fast five. If you don't know what fast five is, we answer five questions as quickly as possible. They usually. And by the way, Ryan comes up with all the questions because uh, I'm not good at Nathan, that. So Nathan, I'll just give I'll just give props. Nathan to you. <laughs> came up with one today, so we can congratulate him on that. Yeah, don't don't give me any credit. Just Why not? Move on. <laughs> all right. First question: Who comes out of the Midwest region? And if you don't know what that is, that has uh, 11 seeded Syracuse, number two Houston, which easily could have been Rutgers. It easily could have been Rutgers. Yeah, and then Sister Jean and Oregon State. I that would have been probably the craziest sweet Sweet Sixteen matchup if Rutgers made that, or just the craziest Sweet Sixteen ever. Oh man, um, whew. you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I would say Loyola, but I'll take Syracuse just because their shooting is Buddy Beheim, like you pointed out earlier, man. and they got another kid too. It's sure what the hell, Syracuse. Man, I was gonna say Syracuse. Well, then you could say Syracuse. We can agree. I was going to say Syracuse as well because of Be- Buddy Beheim in that zone. Just seems to give everyone fits. And Beheim is usually due around this time for a Final Four because he just makes Final Fours as 10, 7 yep. seeds. So I think now is his time. And it's okay to agree with me. You know, we don't always have to disagree in our What it means for good entertainment. I know, but you got to agree on some stuff. Which game screwed your bracket? <laughs> all of them. Yeah, uh, pretty. No, the one that did it the most was Abilene Christian, Texas. I mean, Texas, bunch of frauds and shock is smart. I, I, I know that they never make a run, and I figured this year, what the hell, we'll give them a chance. And yeah, nope, screwed me over. So I thought I bunch of losers. Ohio State was mine. I had them going pretty far, but all Roberts happened. All right, third question. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody predicted that. Not many. Uh, maybe in your upset bracket, but who, who really gets those right? What will you take for Jeremy Grant? What, what will be the offer for you to trade Jeremy Grant? A good team like the Celtics. Um, you know, if you're a good team, obviously the draft picks. You know, they're going to be later. I would seriously consider four for. <laughs> I know it sounds insane from the Celtics because this was a rumor couple weeks ago or a month ago four first round picks spaced out every other year and one of your best rookies and that's it because sorry it's a high price that's that's why you know if we don't trade grants on a big deal but if the right offer is there do it wow what that's that's a lot giving up for jeremy green you know the Celtics. hey man i'm raising hey the bar is set high you gotta meet it if not hey we keep them another year no big deal I, I like that. I was just gonna say a few first round picks and maybe oh jeez okay a wow. few first and a, a solid rookie, um, but 
Well, I think I think just two first round picks for Grant and a rookie would be solid. But again, yeah, I agree. If they're like, but if they're average to bad team, like the Bulls, what average team's going to trade like them. the Bulls. Yeah, but the um, then again, there are stupid franchises who would do stupid trades. So I don't know what. What is your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show right now is Billions. I've been uh, binge watching that on Amazon Prime. Before that, it was Yellowstone, which is another good series. If you're into dramas and stuff like that, I don't know. Uh, mine has to be The Office. You know, can never go wrong with it. It's my favorite show. Jeez. Oh, is that your favorite show of all time or your favorite show right now? Um, I don't have any shows out right now, so I guess it'd be The Office because I can watch okay, it at any right. time. Fair enough. Maybe if there was a – maybe if uh, On My Block finally came out with their fourth season, then maybe. But uh, what is On it? My Block, it's on Netflix. Oh, I don't have Netflix. I wouldn't know. Nerd. Okay. All right, last question. Oh, sorry. What is your favorite pop? Favorite pop. We'll go with – Fago, Rock and Rye, and I know it's one of your favorites, so sorry if I stole uh, yours. Rock and Rye is definitely one of my favorite. I like Mountain Dew. Uh, I like Root Beer. I like Cherry Pepsi, Cherry Coke, Coke. Oh, I, Christ, I don't, pick I one. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Um, hmm, that's a tough decision. It's either going to come down to Rock and Rye. It'll probably just be Rock and Rye. I think I'll go with that being my favorite. All right, fair enough. Got a little Fago right here in Detroit. How about that? Yeah. Because we're a local. Fago and some better made chips. Now we're talking. And we can go to the Coney Island to get some Coney's. Uh, sure, we can go. We can do that. Actually, we, we discussed that last week, correct? Yes. yes I was making sure we made. We, uh, had a no, we, we gave our Coney Island review. Yes, because American is uh, not very good. Mm, no. All right. And no. You like to add anything before we go? No, that's all it. right. Until next time, make sure uh, I'm sure all your brackets are busted. So maybe we hope for a better week for everyone. But until next time, see ya.